All right, ladies, terminology, one of the most confusing things, like we talked about yesterday, coming to Christ after leaving the Mormon church has to do with the same terminology, meaning very different things. Uh, even what it means to be a Christian can often get a whole new take. So in this rapid fire seven part series, we are exploring the term testimony. These are short episodes over the next seven days. Well, Actually, it'll be six more <laughs> days. You're going to go back to the last one to, to listen to that one, where we are exploring what is a testimony in both faiths. So the five points of a testimony in the LDS church, what those five points mean biblically to Christians. And then finally, I'm going to give you oh, my testimony too, just uh, where I have come as a Christian now. In today's episode, we are looking at the first finger of the five essential parts of the LDS testimony. Love the knowledge that Heavenly Father lives and loves his children. What does this statement mean when we look at it through the Bible? As Christians, what does this statement mean to us? Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done, and he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. Okay, so we are jumping into this series today. This is part two. There's going to be seven parts to this series. Ah, so crazy. If you missed yesterday's, go back and listen to that one. We talked about the definition of a testimony in the different faiths, and then also just even a secular view of what testimony is. And today we are looking at the first finger of the LDS uh, testimony, because in the LDS faith, um, the Mormon faith, um, a testimony is a huge part of things, and it's more of a belief statement. And, and in that belief statement, there are five parts. And so in an order for us to move forward with our Christian faith, because I don't like to dwell on the past, I really don't. But often a lot of these words or a lot of these things can bring up a lot of feelings for us. And we have a hard time moving forward if we don't relook at what what it is in the Christian faith now and how to move past that uh, with Jesus and in following with the Bible. So something that is so confusing to Exmos wanting to learn about what it means to be a Christian is that we come with a lot of baggage. I mean, we really do. We think that we know how to look at a statement about God, but uh, we are constantly worried about getting it wrong. Um, certain words really kick this off more than others. Testimony is definitely one of those words for me. I think this is really uncool because 
Your testimony is a beautiful thing. It is in the Christian faith. It is your journey that you are going on with God. It is all about your experience of what, of how, how he saved you. That is your testimony. And uh, there are no, no rules necessarily to it. It's, it's from your heart. So, but we're going to look at this a little bit differently because many of you, um, you're living in a place where you may still be confronted by a lot of these terms. And just even in the normal day when people use certain, certain words, it kind of brings some stuff up. And so we want to reframe that, reframe our brain and really give it a biblical perspective so that we can move forward and it doesn't bother us so much anymore. So in this series, we are looking at the five foundational parts, like I said, and uh, today we are gonna be talking about the knowledge that Heavenly Father lives and loves his children. So, okay, this is going to cut a bit deep for some of you more than others. In short, yes, God is is our father and he does live. Uh, He lives in a huge way, but it's going to look a little different if you haven't heard a lot about creation yet um, in, in the differences with Christianity and with the Mormon faith. That's probably one of the biggest mind-blowing, huge, big differences. And so I totally would invite you to go back and listen to an episode that I had on creation. That was episode number 73 on pre-existence. It is going to blow your mind if this is the first time you've ever dove into this whole uh, creation thing with, with God and the differences there. But okay, so we are going to look at here, God is our creator. He is the creator of everything and all things. He didn't arrange matter. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That's John 1, 3. There was no God before him, and we were not in the spirit world ever with him. <laughs> we were created. For you, were cre- for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. And if this is, like I said, if this is confusing, that we, that there was no pre-existence, that we are God's creation, that he created us in our mother's womb. Yes, he did, like a painter knows what he's going to, has this idea of what he's going to paint and how he's going to put it all together. He knew that about us, but we did not exist with him. It was him who spoke this entire everything that we know into existence. And uh, no, the, the Bible does not ever talk about pre-existence uh, or us being there. So yeah, go back and listen to that one. It's going to be a, a big one for you if this is new, new, uh, a new concept for you. So when and how does God actually become our father then? If he is our creator and he stands outside of time and place and he does, he is the beginning and he is the end and he lives forever and he is the one that put all of this amazingness into order, when does he become our father? So we are sons of Adam when we are created. Uh, It's part of the fall. It's what happened when, when Adam sinned and we inherited that sin. That's just the way it works that we, we are of the flesh when we are born. 
And yes, we are God's creation. And we are also sinful messes <laughs> because that is, that's part of that whole thing that happened. That's, that's why Adam was such a big deal. Uh, this isn't what I say. This is what the Bible tells us. But that's what makes coming to Christ such a beautiful and amazing thing is that we come and we put ourselves as the flesh to death. We bury them and we are reborn as children of God. So we are first children of the world, children of the flesh. We are sinful. We are a mess. And when we actually come to Christ and we recognize that we are sinful messes and that there's nothing that we could ever do to fix that, that it is 100% all the sacrifice of Jesus, then we are reborn. And that's what it actually means to be a born-again Christian. That's when we are reborn. In John chapter 3, Jesus has this whole amazing discussion with Nicodemus where he explains this. And oh, I so just would love for you to go read that um, after this episode, of course. <laughs> but it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say what I, that I say to you, you must be born again. This is what Jesus tells Nicodemus. And when we are born again, that is when we become, not until then, but that is when we become adopted into God's family. Romans 8, 14 through 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Isn't that beautiful? Ugh. And, and okay, so Romans is probably one of my all-time favorite books that I go to just because it spells things out so clearly for me and I love that it's amazing but it really talks about this a lot is our adoption into God's family when we come to him so when we hear that Heavenly Father lives and loves his children I want you to understand the magnitude of this because God doesn't just live he is life he stands outside of time and place. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He cares about you. As big as he is, he cares about you. We are not guaranteed anything. We do not deserve this love. In fact, we deserve the opposite. But God pursues us because he knows us deeply. He wants us to be born again in the spirit and understand his grace. He is there waiting for us and he loves us more than we can comprehend. He wants us to come to him so that we can call him Abba, Father. All right, so I hope that this cleared up some things for you today. Hopefully it didn't blow your minds too much and always know that if any of this is confusing, Go to the Bible and read it, and it's beautiful. And if you want to know about the character of God, the psalm, all the psalms are just, oh, man, they will tell you so much about the character of God. So beautiful. I, I just love 
just spending time in his word and learning more about who he is. And of course, John is a great place to do that. In fact, when I tell people to start reading the Bible, John is always one of the first places, say, to go to just because it's going to speak to your heart. And uh, and then when you want to get a little bit nerdier about it, Romans, I just love Romans. Okay, so after you are done listening today, I want you to go to findingfaithabove.com slash get the resources. That's findingfaithabove.com slash get the resources. And also the link will be in the show notes. Uh, And in this is going to be a link to one of my absolute favorite songs and videos about God's amazing creation. It is oh, it's such a beautiful song. It's going to be the first video under the worship songs. And I really hope you guys just enjoy it so much. So this is day two of the seven part series. Make sure to subscribe, grab your link to the resource library, share this with a friend so that they can come do this whole series with us. And I will see you guys tomorrow.